And good morning once again. Bill Kelly live at location at uh, Veterans Place at Gore Park in downtown Hamilton on a uh, wintry sort of a day today. I can't remember the last time we've had this kind of weather on Remembrance Day, but uh, that doesn't seem to deter people from showing up. It's a little early yet. Uh, we're just getting set up for the ceremonies, which, of course, are going to happen a little bit later on. But it is a CHML tradition, and we're so proud to carry that on once again this year uh, with a number of uh, very important guests that are going to join us through the course of the program today. And uh, we invite you, if you're going to be in the downtown area, to uh, come on down to our location here at Gore Park for, at the Cenotaph and Veterans Place for the ceremonies. Uh, it is going on, of course, uh, similar cem- ceremonies in, in various places around town. The Warplane Heritage Museum uh, in Ancaster, the uh, the Legion up on Upper Wentworth near Lyridge Mall, Dundas, Stony Creek, uh, and many other places around the community as well. So if, uh, if downtown is out of the question for you today, please try to make time for uh, one of the other great locations and... Uh, and pay service to our veterans, uh, both living and gone, sadly, as uh, we continue with this great tradition here at uh, Veterans Place. Uh, welcoming a dear friend to start off the show today, too. Serena Patton is here. First of all, how many years have you been doing this now? Oh, my goodness. The Remembrance Day ceremonies has been uh, quite a tradition for me. Um, I first started uh, probably singing around age five yeah. um, and was introduced to so all of those songs from my grandmother. Ago, so <laughs> <laughs> I would love to think that it's six or seven years ago, but it's quite a few more than that. When did you get involved with this? I, 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 I'm going to tie this into a, a dear friend of ours that we just lost, a friend Viola, who passed yeah. away just a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was about three years ago that, um, unfortunately, Fern was not in a position to be able to to join the ceremony, and uh, he had had a conversation with um, with Bob Fife from the Hamilton Veterans uh-huh. Committee, and they had asked if I would if I would step into his shoes, which were very large shoes to fill. Um, Fern Viola was just uh, just an incredible man, and I was very happy to to take his place um, and sort of represent him that year. Um, but, uh, but you, you did some concerts with him, though, too. I did. I did. We met uh, actually through the Hamilton All-Star Jazz Band yeah. many years ago. And then we did a series of concerts together, um, Remembrance Day concerts at Hamilton yeah. Place and then some of Fern's concerts as well. And so we made a great team. It was uh, it was really fun. Uh, we always found great songs. Just a beautiful spirit, a really amazing, amazing oh, an man. An incredible man. Yeah. Incredible. And, and a, a natural tie-in for this, too, of course. Uh, he was, he was a North End guy, an old Barton Sherman guy, and uh, had a business down there for years and years, as you know. I know you know the story. Uh, and when John Monroe uh, went into federal politics, he was a good friend of Ferd's. And uh, Ferd gave him, he got a job with Veterans Affairs and, and did some great work. And it was actually Ferd's initiative and drive that started this whole concept that uh, of veterans actually going into schools and talking to kids about their experience and educating them not just about remembrance day but about about their service and, and dedication to the country and it's been such a great success it was it was amazing to be in the office when veterans would be coming out for meeting with fern because they always wanted to see him they always knew that he could get them the support that they needed and be able to um really look at, at what their needs were, whether it was at home or with their families, and be able to address all of those. And he really had the heart and the spirit for it, and I think that's why veterans are so committed to him as well. Yeah, and, and we saw that time and time again, of course, year in and year out here, and in just about every other event, too. He was uh, he was Mr. National Anthem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just an incredible human being. We will always miss him dearly, but uh, we have fond memories of him. 
He's a sweetheart. He yeah. was a sweetheart, and uh, he really did so much for Hamilton. He was so proud to be a Hamiltonian and so proud of his his heritage here, and um, it's really a treasure to have a friend like that. Well, and you are you carry the tradition on. You, you bring your own incredible talent to it, of course, and you've been involved in this. But there's 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 something to be said and so, something so rewarding about working with, with seniors and, and, and people with life experience, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. Right now I uh, I work for St. Joseph's Villa Foundation. Yeah. And so for me, uh, from the time I was a little girl, it was very important to look after our seniors. It's, you know, our country, our uh, city is built on their legacy and everything that they've given and they've accomplished. And whether that's being a janitor, being you know, um, a CEO of a company, the whole reason that we have the freedom that we do is because people have gone before us and set that, that path in motion. Well, and, and the villa, of course, St. Joseph Villa has done outstanding work and they're a great tradition and, a, and an, an iconic uh, uh, franchise and business here. But it's an exciting time for them now, too. Uh, you've embarked on a, a huge project here and uh, you're getting close to the finish line we are we are we are very excited that uh, the next phase of our our project with Margaret Margaret's Place Hospice yeah. will begin uh, so we have just recently awarded the contract for construction and so that will begin sometime this November maybe early December but we're absolutely thrilled that we'll be able to provide this service for the community well it's it's something that's a missing piece actually of, of our healthcare continuum and I know there are a couple of hospices around already and they do such incredible work and I remember talking to some of the folks in the foundation on our program, of course, when you guys announced that this was this was the goal, this was going to be the next big project for you, and it's so great to see it come together in the way that it has, and so good to see the way the community's rallied around it. Hospice is such a supportive community. We've really found through this whole um, experience, and it's a journey together. And so, um, for for us to be able to connect to our sister hospices and be able to provide that additional support. Um, Margaret's Place will also have a mobile team that will go out into communities and be able to um, provide care in homes so that individuals who aren't necessarily going to be at a hospice um, will be able to have that additional support network at home, which is absolutely crucial. Well, continued good luck with this. I know we're going to track the progress and we'll stay in touch with you guys as this goes on. Uh, you've got to warm up. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> a few tunes later, yes. Now, I mean, you're, you're such an incredible talent, but this this is challenging in weather like this, isn't it? it you know, the, the snow adds a different element to things, <laughs> um, but it's it's beautiful that we'll all be here together to remember our veterans, and that, that really is the most important thing. Exactly. Serena, great to see you again. Great to see you. Thank you so much always, for having always me. Always welcome on this program. Thanks Thank for coming you. by today. Thank you. Take care. All right. And uh, we're going to continue as uh, we continue with our program here at 900 CHML. Uh, we are live today from Veterans Place in... Uh, downtown Hamilton and of course uh, our veteran ceremonies will continue in just a little while and uh, what we're going to do in the meantime is uh, is talk to well a couple of the folks that are going to be by a little bit later on Chief of Police Eric Kurt will join us in a little bit uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger uh, a number of other folks and as a matter of fact we're glad uh, we've got Mike McAllister to pop in. Uh, Mike, always a, a welcome guest and a, an incredible guy. He's with the uh, Hamilton Military Museum, uh, where there are some wonderful stories to be told. But this doesn't happen every year without the great work of the Veterans Committee, who work year-round at this. Uh, they, and uh, Mike Rehill from the Veterans Committee is with us here. Uh, first of all, welcome back. Good to have you on the program today, Mike. Thanks. Are uh, you warm enough? <laughs> well... <laughs> Truth be told, 
I, I we were just talking. I mean, we've been doing this for so many years. I, I guess about the 14th year for me, and of course, Roy Green did it for many, many years before that. I don't remember this kind of weather before. No, it, never. We've had challenges, haven't we? It's my 50th remembrance day. I don't ever remember weather like this. So. It's uh, it's it's going to be fun today. It'll be interesting to see who shows up. Talk to us a little bit about the planning for this, though, to, to, to put this whole thing together year in and year out. Well, we have the Hamilton Veterans Committee, which is a, a city committee, yeah. which is constituted by the city. Um, the uh, members of the committee are interviewed. There's eight members. Um, almost all of them are veterans. Uh, the committee, uh, the city rep on the committee is Bridie Huffman, who does just an excellent job yeah. of, of she's, coordinating. She's wandering around she's, here somewhere. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's here busy, busy, busy. Um, she does an excellent job of coordinating all the all the different things that go into this ceremony, the uh, the the traffic, the police, um, the uh, Dundas bands here, the singers, the uh, we actually meet to discuss what the program's going to look like and then we plug everything into that program and, and we try and keep it short but we try and keep it relevant. Well times two I mean because there's usually a ceremony on a Sunday Yes. Uh, as, as there was yesterday and then of course whenever Remembrance Day is, whatever day of the week that is of course uh, you, you replicate that whole thing. Uh, the, the parade from the armories up here is uh, I've, I've been involved in that over the number of years too when I was on City Council and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an event. It, it, it's very moving. It's it's really is the the uh, the big event for the soldiers in the city of Hamilton, of course, because in uh, in Ontario, it's Remembrance Day isn't a statutory holiday. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to get the soldiers here today because they all have civilian jobs, and that's the nature of the reservist. And and that was my life for for forty years when I served in the reserves, and uh, I had a full time job and. Uh, I, um, you know, put in the extra effort when I could. You put in a full-time job that had its own hours, too. I mean, you, you, you were not a 9 to fiver as a no, teacher. No, no, And then school administration after that. Yes. So there's that, and that, but you have to find the time for the reserve duties, too. Exactly. And, uh, and there's so many people in this community that are doing that in such a wonderful way uh, year in, year out. There's, there's a great tradition here in Hamilton, isn't there, with the, the Argyles and with the Rileys and, and some some great history and some great stories about how the, those, those regiments themselves have actually served this country. Oh, absolutely. Hamilton is a garrison town and also HMC Star, and yeah. we have the 31 stakes and we have 11 battery of uh, the Royal Canadian Artillery here in Hamilton, which is a very, very uh, historic battery. And uh, we have, of course, the service battalion. So it's, it's always been a very, uh, very vibrant military town. Uh, with a, a great history, and we talked about this in past years, uh, because it's all over the, the community here. I mean, uh, go to some of the churches, uh, other organizations, some civic buildings, and you're going to see these plaques of, of people who served oh, absolutely. For, for years and years in, in both yeah. wars, obviously. Uh, many of whom who, who did not come back as a result of that. But these were these were people. These were teachers. They were you know lawyers. They were steel workers. They were store clerks. I mean, go down the list, and there were people that just said, "Look, we have to go." Yep. And it was just incredible stories. Well, the Air July is is you know just an incredible regiment from 1862. Yeah. You know, so. It's uh, it's been it's been a really real honor being part of the uh, Royal Hamilton Light of the Tree, and uh, especially uh, as director of music of the band. I uh, had a lot of a uh, lot of good times with, and um, it's been just an excellent time. And some of these are, are well-known names around the community who have served and done so well too, and moved on after that. I remember we uh, we did a trip to Scotland a few years ago. We were in Edinburgh, at the, the, the Royal Mile there, and. Uh, 
the St. Giles Church, which is right on there. Uh, and there are plaques all over there, incredible, about that military history. And we saw the one for the original Argyle and Sutherland, the original regiment, which, of course, originated there. I got talking to one of the curators there about this and what's going on in Hamilton, and he knew all about this, obviously. There's a, there's a, a, there's a brotherhood with, the, with these regiments, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah, we have, and the Archlight has a very strong brotherhood with the 13th of foot, which yeah. became the Somerset Light Infantry and then became the Rifles. And in 2016, the band of the Archlight actually went to Horse Guards in London and sounded retreat with the band of the Rifles and, and also the band of the Gurkhas. So that was a really, real uh, feather in the hat, in our hat for the band and, and for the regiment to uh, be invited to uh, perform in front of Prince Philip. And, and yes, the, the, history, the history and the traditions are, are very, very uh, treasured and well kept. What does this day mean to those veterans? Well, I, I thought about that as I was driving down here. What it means to me is honoring the people that have gone before. Yeah. And I think we all we all hope that people will honor us once we're gone. But uh, this is my 50th Remembrance Day. I first participated in Remembrance Day as a 13-year-old cadet. And um, I won't tell you how old I am, but <laughs> you, can the, you can do the math. And I, I just I, I reflect. I was very lucky as a, as a younger person because I I sounded last post for Boer War veterans. There are no Boer War veterans around anymore. Uh, when I went on parade and in, in as a cadet, there were Second World War veterans. There were Korean War veterans. You don't see them anymore. So I also have that that background of of knowing what those people gave and and meeting them and talking to them. And when I first joined the army, I was trained by World War II veterans. So you, you have that insight as to the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the sacrifice. So rem- Remembrance Day to me is, is remembering, is remembering. It's remembering those people that went before. The most remarkable portion of this show every year when I do this, Mike, is, uh, is listening to the stories. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, sadly, a number of the people that we've known over the years are, are no longer with us. Uh, and some great people and some great names and uh, some great Hamiltonians and great citizens. But to hear their stories about their experiences uh, during that war, some of them captured, uh, some of that were part of the Dieppe invasion, others that we talked about, of course, uh, on Juneau Beach, on uh, Normandy, and, and on and on it goes. Uh, it puts a face and, and, a, and, a, and a humanity to the stories that we probably already know, but we don't know the details of it, and they do. They live Absolutely. Them. Well, we were talking about Fred Engelbrecht, yeah. who just recently deceased. What a, what a man he was. Um, he would tell us stories of when he was captured at Dieppe, he uh, lost his boots because they were swimming, right? So yeah. you take off your boots to swim. So he, um, he he had to march. The Germans took them took them prisoner, and he had to march. And uh, somebody came out of a church. They were having a ceremony and gave gave him a pair of shoes so he could have shoes to march into into the internment. So uh, Jack McFarland's another great Riley who uh, who served. At Dieppe, and um, the sergeant's one of the rooms in the sergeant's mess in the Archlight is named after Jack McFarland, and we he's given family's given us his, his medals, and and we have pictures of him, and we treasure him and his memory as well. Um, one person I knew was a was a fellow uh, Hamilton uh, District School Board administrator was Bill Randall was was a principal and he was a Lancaster pilot. Oh really? And he was also after the war he came and he actually joined the RHLI. When I joined the army, he was the one, he was a personnel selection officer. He's the one that uh, interviewed me for uh, when I became an officer. People forget that Mount Hope, 
John C. Monroe Airport. Uh, it was a training facility during World War II. Oh, there were tons of them around here. Yeah. If you ever fly over Hamilton, you can see all the airstrips that are still there. You can't see them from the ground, but you can see them. It was a, a very, very, uh, the old Hillcrest School was built on an airstrip that was used for training. Is that right? Yes. See, the, I, I learn something new every year. I, it was just in conversation with you guys, you know, because uh, the history here is rich, and I'm glad you mentioned the the, the officer's mess. Uh, I've, I've had the honor of actually being over there for a couple of evenings and uh, being invited over there. And, and the, it's it's a museum, really, isn't it? When you Absolutely. Get in there. Yeah. Incredible stories, incredible history, and some great stories uh, from the people who have lived it and are continuing to live it. I mean, we're talking about this in the past, obviously, but, uh, you know, the reservists right now are still serving this country and, and, and oftentimes find themselves in harm's way. Absolutely. Mike, it's uh, it's great of you to be by here. Uh, congratulations to you and everybody in the Veterans Committee for the great work that you do. And uh, we'll uh, let you go and warm up a little bit now, and we'll try to carry on a little bit later on. Thanks for coming over today. Thank you so much, Bill. Mike Rehill, of course, a member of the Veterans Committee and, and a veteran himself, of course. Uh, the wind is picking up, uh, but uh, we are getting closer and closer, of course, to our, our 11 o'clock hour. And uh, that's going to be when the actual ceremony will start. And uh, Serena, of course, will sing, and uh, others will as well. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk with some of the other people that are going to be participating in the program, too. But let me do a quick break, and we're going to come back in just a few minutes. I'm glad you're with us today. We are live from Veterans Place at Gore Park in downtown Hamilton. I'm Bill Kelly on 900 CHML. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. And we are back. Thank you for joining us today as we broadcast from Veterans Place in Gore Park, a snowy Veterans Place in uh, Gore Park. And all these years we've been doing this show, I don't remember ever having to do a uh, Remembrance Day broadcast here at Gore Park where I had to brush the snow off my script, uh, which is such <laughs> is the case here. Uh, and uh, as Sharonda Thompson's been telling you, it's, uh, it's going to get pretty wintry here over the next uh, 8 or 12 hours or whatever it's going to be as long as the storm hangs around. But the people will come. They always do uh, to honor our veterans. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a great honor to be here every year to do this broadcast. Uh, and meet good friends like our next guest, Hussein Hamdami, of course, is a representative of the Hamilton Mosque. Uh, welcome back. Good to have you on the program. Hey, thanks, today. Bill. Thanks for having me on. You uh, had one of the more poignant moments. You, you speak during the ceremony itself, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be discussed. There's a lot to be thinking about in a ceremony like this. What's your, what's your message today? My message, I'm going to try to keep consistent with my past messages, which is... Um, we live in the greatest country in the world, and it's the greatest country in the world because men and women died uh, fighting uh, fascism, discrimination, bigotry. However, if we really want to honor their sacrifice, what we need to do is continue that fight against discrimination, fascism, uh, those who are trying to build walls separating people. Uh, and so it's, a really, it's, a, it's going to be a rallying cry to Hamiltonians to come together, let's embrace one another, let's engage in social cohesion, let's get to know one another. In a perfect world, we'd like to think, well, we're, we're, we're doing that, we're, we're shooting for that goal each and every day, and then every now and then somebody comes along and says something about this, yeah. separates us, and, and gets us fighting among ourselves once again, and you, you figure yourself, maybe we're not as progressive as we think we are sometimes, it's, it's, it's very discouraging time. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of Don Cherry on Saturday night, basically saying, uh, you know, basically alluding to that newcomers, refugees, immigrants uh, don't appreciate the sacrifices that are made. Now, there's a couple problems with what Don said. One is, wait a minute, it wasn't just white guys that fought in the previous wars. 
They stood shoulder to shoulder with brown guys, black guys, white women, black women. It was a United Nations effort. It was a world war, and the world was part of that war. And so not recognizing the sacrifices others have made. And then secondly, the other part is, um, you know, when, when you're a visible minority like I am, when you're a refugee like I was... Um, sometimes you have your loyalty questioned to Canada, and 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 that's what, essentially what what Ron was suggesting that newcomers don't have loyalty. When poll after poll has suggested that newcomers and refugees are actually more patriotic, uh, pro Canadian than some of the Canadian born, because we know what life's like outside of Canada. Yeah. Uh, well, just by definition, your family chose to come here. Yeah, it, of all the places in the world. All, yeah, Canada. of all the places in the world. People sacrificed, they sold their belongings, they got on boats, they got on planes, they swam, they walked, they, they did whatever they could to get to Canada, and by God, they're going to make it work when they're here in Canada. They're going to invest in the country, they're going to take roots here, and they're going to make sure that their children prosper in schools. Well, and, and in keeping with your message, though, has, this whole idea about you know people that are not grateful, and that's the... They're the ones that contribute. You know, they become the lawyers. They become the doctors. They become the politicians, uh, and on and on it goes. And they're the ones that are contributing in in, yeah. in such a big way. I, I, I'm flabbergasted that some people are still blind to that. Yeah, you know, it, you know, a lot of these guys who come here, they, they want to do what all Canadians want. They want to put, they want to make sure their kids have good education. They want to make sure there's bread on the table. They are entrepreneurial. They may start a small business, a corner store here. You know, maybe a small restaurant over there. But in the end, they want to be part of the Canadian fabric. And, and people forget that. And, and it's easier for those who have been maybe had multi-generations multi here in Canada to remember how hard it is sometimes when you're new to a country. Imagine you and me, Bill, if we got poked out of Canada and put in a country where we don't speak the native language all that well and we're trying to navigate how to get a job, trying to navigate where to live, trying to navigate what schools our kids should go to. It's hard, and yet these people try to do that every day, day in, day out. Go down your lineage, though, and unless you're an Aboriginal, yeah. you came from someplace. Exactly. Uh, and it might have been six generations ago. It could have been even longer than that. We don't know, whatever the case might be. But every time, and we know this from history, uh, we've been taught that every one of those groups at one time or another were, were subjects of discrimination. Yeah. Uh, Irish were, yeah. Uh, you know, they, yeah. we were second-class citizens. We were, yeah. you know, shanty Irish. You know, yeah. the, uh, John Kennedy, when he became president in 1961, was the first Catholic, Irish Catholic, to ever be elected to to the presidency. Yeah, uh, they just, you know, you just didn't do that. If you're Catholic, you there was a glass ceiling. Yeah. Same thing with Italians. The same thing with with Polish. And, and go down the yeah. list. Yeah. And with that in mind, and with that history, what I don't understand is. Why do those some of those people, not all of them, some turn around and do the exact same thing to newcomers now? Yeah, it could be a combination of hey, it happened to me, so it should happen to you. <laughs> you know, there's some there's some of that. Everyone's got it. But what what you hope is that as every successive generation feels those scars of the discrimination that they felt, they say, you know, never again. It's not going to happen on my watch to somebody else because I know what it was like. And so you hope that that type of mentality, you know, guys, diluted. The other thing we have to recognize is that the world is changing. It's more global yeah. than it's yeah. ever been before. You got automation taking away some of the blue-collar jobs that once, you know, you and your grandpa and your daddy, you all worked in the same type of factory. 
because of the changing way economy is going, some of these people are now out of a job, and they and they're looking for people to point to and say it's your fault. It's not globalization. It's not automation. It's your fault, immigrants. You're taking our jobs, and 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 that's where education and conversations need to happen. And that'd be kind of some of the things I'm saying today. Just let's get together. Let's talk to one another. Let's humanize one another so that we can make sure Canada remains the greatest country. And I think we have to recognize the the importance and the, and the contribution that that everyone makes here, uh, not just here in a community and in a, in a society such as as you've just described. But even on, on Remembrance Day, the contribution and the, and the sacrifice that many of them made. Yeah. Uh, you know, Muslims died. You know, uh, you know Sikhs yeah. died in World War II. I mean, go yeah. down the list. Aboriginal. Yeah. Uh, they all served, and many of them didn't come back. And they all did it because they loved this country. Exactly. It, it, absolutely. They, they, they served Canada or Canadian allies working to make sure that, that democracy and freedom prevailed. And they sacrificed. Well, it's 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 a great message, and that's why I'm I'm so glad that you're going to be part of the ceremony again too, because it's, I think it's something, uh, as as evidenced by what happened over the weekend. Of course, we need to be reminded of this every now yeah. and then. I think we we get a little smug sometimes, maybe just start taking things for granted a little bit. And I think every now and then we need to kind of get shaken up a little. Well, speaking of serving, your show's great. You're doing a great job <laughs> for your listeners. Thank you so much for having me on the on the radio today. Hey, now you go stand over there and warm up, okay? Before you have to go and speak to <laughs> yeah, these people. Yeah, all Great right. Seeing you again. Thanks, Bill. You take care. Same Hamdami, of course, our good friend from the Hamilton Mo- Mountain Mosque, who will be addressing the crowd just a little bit later on as uh, we get going with the official ceremony, uh, which will be happening in just a little while. As uh, we mentioned, ten forty-five is when they'll actually start the ceremony here. Serena, of course, will sing. Uh, we'll have some speeches. And, of course, the ceremony in the moment of silence at 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll be here until noon, as we always have been, though, in past years. Uh, we should also mention to you, though, uh, and I'm sure Shona and, uh, and Paul Tipple are mentioning this during our newscast here today, uh, the uh, traffic is going to be affected by this downtown. Uh, a little bit later on, King Street is going to be closed here at Gore Park, as it is every year. Uh, first of all, to give us a little space here for the moment of silence, but secondly, because of the overflow crowd, which seems to show up every year, uh, so that they can move right up here by the park itself. So if you are driving around the city, be advised that I would think probably in about another uh, 45 minutes or so they're going to close this down. It's limited traffic right now, as I see, and uh, it's going to be shut off altogether for a little while just before uh, we start our ceremony here. Uh, we're talking with uh, Mike Rehill from uh, the Veterans Committee just a little while ago. Uh, my next guest is, is a Veterans Committee member. He's a former member of the, uh, the Royal Canadian Navy and, and a good friend of ours. Of course, Bob Fife is with us. Uh, good to see you again. Thanks, Bill. Uh, lovely day for today. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Just what we need. All we need is Santa Claus now. All set. <laughs> How many years have you been doing this? Oh, somebody asked me that question uh, at our last meeting. I can't remember. I have to go back and uh, talk to Rebecca and, uh, over at the... The, the hall and uh, to find out because they got a record of course of how long yeah. I've been a member but uh, it started out as uh, I started out as the vice president of the uh, RHLI Veterans Association and then, then I got involved with the United Council of Veterans and back in the day I was told uh, that you had to be the president before you be- of a club before you become a member of the Veterans uh, Committee and I always wanted to be, yeah. but never got to be the president. So and then one day they were looking for somebody, and I applied, and I was accepted, and I've been here ever since. Do you remember Wiley like this before? 
I was just talking to, to Mike earlier, and I can only remember one time where we had a service, and I was with the Hamilton Firefighters Drum Corps at that time, okay. and we held the service in the armories because we could the weather conditions were so bad that we couldn't hold it here at uh, Vester's place. I, I don't remember snow like this. I, I mean, we've had cold, we've had wind, we've yeah. had a, a lot of things like that, and, and I can remember as a young kid, uh, wintry weather, but not like this. Yeah, and uh, it's it's rather unusual, but it's, well, it's going to be know. interesting to see how it affects the crowd today. Well, I hope the crowd shows up. Uh, I, I think it's important that uh, we have a good attendance uh, for various reasons, of course. Uh, and uh, I'm praying, like you, that uh, we have a good turnout. Uh, I know that. Uh, uh, Bridie is. She's got it around here. Uh, Bridie works for the city, of course, uh, it, 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 the liaison with the Veterans Committee. She yeah. does such an outstanding job every year. It, this is this is a year-long experience, though, isn't it? Oh, yes. You guys work it, at this it, a it, long, oh, long time. Oh, yeah. We talk about this all the time. Like, we're at the end of the... We have another meeting at the end of November, and, uh, and we'll discuss today and yesterday, and we'll get prepared to start working on next year, you know, and... Uh, uh, we'll critique it, find out uh, where we made mistakes, if we made any, and uh, what we can do to fix it. So, there have been some colorful personalities involved in these programs over the years. Oh, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll include you in that number. But I mean, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the chaplains, the, those that do the service. Of course, we were just talking with Serena a little while ago about our dear friend Ferd Viola, who just oh, uh, passed you know, away. She's a good friend of mine too. Yeah, and and Ferd, of course, was here forever. Uh, doing this and did great work with uh, with Veterans Affairs uh, for many many years, yep. um, and, and was one of the key members. And I remember bringing him on the show way back in the day, back in the early 1990s, I suppose now, um, about having veterans talk to kids, yep. actually go into the schools and, yep. and educate kids and question yep. and answer. And and, and uh, the, the veterans I talked to that have done that, are, are most of them of the mind that for your service, sir. most of them of the mind that. Uh, I wish we should have done this all along. It's yeah. it, uh, what an amazing experience. Yeah, well, it is, and and the kids in the schools, most of them appreciate it. You know, uh, and how are they going to learn? Like yeah, we were talking uh, yesterday about the, the kids in Europe. Now I've been to Dieppe twice. I played the last post of there. Uh, my my wife's uncle is buried there, and uh, I had the honor of playing the last post twice. 1992, 1997, and uh, what was that like? And oh, just t- amazing, amazing. You know, uh, the the funny thing in, in in Dieppe, France, is that the people come out and they honor the Canadians, much like they did in Holland. Yeah. You know, and uh, they honor them and uh, are very appreciative of what uh, they tried to do for them, and uh, had the you had the parade from Canada Square to City Hall in Dieppe, and thousands of people. I mean, literally, the whole town comes out, you know. And then as soon as the parade's over, they all disappear. <laughs> but the kids follow you around. They're looking for buttons. They're looking for, you know, little mementos yeah. of, uh, of uh, your regiment or whoever you're with. And... Uh, yeah, it uh, it was a quite an experience. Very moving, I would imagine, just even being on that ground. Well, you know, Bill, uh, I went up on the on the cliff where the Germans had their pillboxes up there, and I thought it's amazing that there weren't more killed. Uh, just uh, that's how bad it was. It, uh, 
there, like like it being in a shooting gallery. <laughs> you know, it's uh, the snipers up there and the pillboxes and uh, with machine guns. And I think back to the, the uh, I don't know if you remember Stan Darch. And, yes, uh, yes. Well, uh, he he got to the casino. You know, I worked uh, with some of them guys at the uh, RHLI, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. It's, it's something abstract, though, Bob, for an awful lot of us, uh, especially of that generation, because it was it was over there. I mean, we take everything for granted right now. You can turn on the TV, and there's something going on in Munich, Germany. There's something going on in London, uh, and it's right there in real time. That's right. Uh, it took time for, for news to travel back and forth, and I don't know if a whole lot of people that haven't been there could actually even picture that. I mean, we even noticed that the first couple of times when I was in London, England. And, and obviously the bombing that went on there for the longest time. And there are still buildings, as you know, that are left there. And oh, they, yeah. they're, they're damaged from the, the bombing that went on. And they've left them that way as a reminder. Yes. Uh, you yes. can see the, the shrapnel and bullet holes and, and things of this nature. Um, Churchill's uh, bunker, of course, uh, right by Whitehall there, of course. Uh, well, there's a, there's an unexploded bomb. And you just see, what was it, 500 pounds or something? These things were just incredible. Yeah. And, and that's what people lived. Oh, yeah. Lived with. And they lived through that every day. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I'm going there in March. And uh, I've got tickets to the Royal Albert Hall to see Her Majesty's Royal Marines in concert. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And last night I tried to get uh, the Festival of Remembrance from Royal Albert Hall on my on YouTube. And I got 2018, but I'm looking for 2019. So I'll be working on that tonight And uh, because they put on such a great show, the Legionnaires over there. And uh, uh, I'm a music guy. I like that, yeah. especially bad music. I like that, that kind of stuff. So when I told my wife we're going to England, and, and uh, she says, what for? And I told her, and she says, You've got to be kidding me. I said, no, I'm not kidding you. We're going, and uh, God willing. And uh, You'll be there for a while? Uh, we're going for 10 days. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. Got, there's, well, there's a lot to see. got relatives up in the Lake District, so we're going to go up there, too, and, uh, you know, and uh, spend some time up there with their relatives. We, uh, in Trafalgar Square, their Canada house, uh, a great big, huge building, of course, where the government officials, Canadian government officials are housed, and... Uh, we talked to some of the staff there about the war days, because that they were right in the line of the bomb. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, Lester Pearson, who later became prime minister, was was stationed there at the time, and uh, they told some wonderful stories about uh, the bombs that were falling all the way around there. And he'd run up onto the roof and shake his fist. <laughs> <laughs> probably, uh, probably had a little libation or two yeah. to do though. But I mean, it was it was real it to, to, to the people yeah. that were living there then, and it's something that you know we we are blessed not to have experienced that, but. To have lived through that and to, and to have those experiences. We live in the greatest country in the world. We do. We and, do. Uh, you know, uh, we do our share, try to protect the world, but uh, uh, there are a lot of crazies out there. And uh, uh, it's too bad. Uh, I don't know why people want to go around and shoot one another. Uh, what's the reasoning? What do you gain by it? Well, it, that's the sad part about it. It's the same was just telling us a couple of minutes ago. We need to be reminded every now and then that this is the greatest country in the world, and, and it's it's worth fighting for, yeah. uh, and it's worth preserving. And, and if somebody challenges that and somebody wants to take that away from us, uh, it's good to know that there are great people that, that will stand up and say, no, that's not that's not going to happen. It's worth exactly. it. Exactly. 
Uh, enjoy England. Well, I'll talk to you, sure, before then. Uh, we've got a little bit of time to go here before we're going to get the ceremony underway. But thanks so much for coming by, Bob. And thanks. Well, once but, again, thank you for the invite. Well, uh, it's always a pleasure to be here and to see the great work that goes yeah. on and the, the fruits of your labor all year long <laughs> and just see this. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, the, this is a great place for the people that haven't seen this this park since it was rebuilt should. They should yeah. come down and have a look at it, you know, and all the, all the enclaves and, and, and such, you know, and it's it's a great place. And I try to protect this park. I see things going on around me I don't like. I let them know. You well, know. And the city will look after it, too. Thanks again, uh, sure. Bob. We have okay, to take a quick well, break. We'll talk to you, you soon. Bob yeah. Fight from the Veterans Committee. Uh, we're back after a short time. Uh, listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Thank you for joining us today. Bill Kelly broadcasting live from Veterans Place in Gore Park in downtown Hamilton. Uh, CHML tradition for many, many years now, and a, a great honor for me to be doing this once again this year. Uh, we'll uh, get underway with the official ceremony in about uh, 40 minutes. Uh, if you uh, want to take part in this, by all means, pop down here uh, or to any one of the other great locations around uh, the Hamilton area uh, where there will be uh, Remembrance Day ceremonies, of course. Uh, at various places, but uh, we are so pleased to be down here at Gore Park at Veterans Place, and uh, uh, the crowd is starting to form here right now. It's going to get much larger, of course, in the next half hour or so, and uh, we'll carry the uh, the ceremony live right here on 900 CHML. Uh, pleased to welcome uh, Captain Logan McKnight uh, from the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders, who is uh, joining us right now. Thanks for coming in here today. Appreciate Good morning, it. Bill. Uh, great to have you with us, and, and I wanted to, to get somebody from the Argyles in here to talk a little bit about so, uh, the Army today and what's going on as we honor these people that have served and, and some of them, of course, paid the ultimate sacrifice, uh, that this is a very much uh, a, 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 an entity unto itself. Uh, we were talking earlier that uh, with uh, when I had Mike Rehill up here from the Veterans Committee um, uh, talking about you know the original uh, original uh, Argonne Sutherland Highlanders over in Scotland many years ago, and we, we saw that first. Matter of fact, we saw the picture of it in St. Charles Church in, in, in Edinburgh. I immediately sent a copy over to Ron Foxcroft, the honorary colonel, and said, right. "This is where it yeah. all began." Yeah. But you know that rich history. Your your, your family has a military history. Uh, my family does. My grandfather was in the RAF in World War II, survived the Blitz, and by the end of the war was. Uh, flying fighter aircraft over Germany. So. Wow, just incredible stuff. And, and I, I assume that was your motivation for, for signing up yourself. Uh, it was definitely one of the motivations. Um, the, the military in Canada can sometimes be uh, less visible, um, and so it, it doesn't come into your, your life all the time. But yeah, a, an encounter with, uh, with the Argyle and Sullivan Highlanders at uh, an event like this uh, sparked it in me to, uh, to apply and, and join the infantry. But when the, when you're a reservist, people tend to think, oh yeah, you meet every Tuesday, and it's a, it's kind of a social thing. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure there's that element to it. But you're training. You're a soldier. Absolutely, we are professional soldiers. Um, we train. Uh, the minimum minimum commitment is one night a week, one weekend a month. Um, but there are, are much longer uh, exercises and training, and we all have the the same trains that are represented in the regular army and our individuals augment the regular army on operations abroad. So where, did, where has that taken you? Uh, so I was in uh, Ukraine uh, two years ago uh, augmenting a security force capacity building mission where we we're uh, training Ukrainian soldiers to oppose the Russian aggression in uh, Crimea. So you're in harm's way. We were not especially in harm's way <laughs> in, in Ukraine. We were. It's a training mission there. Um, and we were about as far from the front as we could have been. Well, but yeah, it, no, but it not was, everybody plays by the rules, though. That's is, the problem. You're, you're is, there. Yeah. It was a significant uh, you know, contribution for the Ukrainians, but um, 
no, it was not a combat mission with us on in in significant harm's way. I would say. But, but the training that, that, that follows with that, I mean, you, you're ready. As I say, I was, I, I've talked to some of the other guys that have been in other parts of the world that, uh, and serving in, in in harm's way in places like this. You have to be ready just in case. Well, absolutely. So our our training is um, for for combat, and our um, our occupation is is that, uh, and we do it on behalf of the government of Canada, and, and we are expected to. Uh, be prepared to use that training for our missions abroad. Yeah. Talk to us about about serving in such a great regiment like this. I mean, this is a regiment with a great history and a, a very proud history. Right. So uh, the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders of Canada, uh, formed in 1903 um, from the Scottish community in Hamilton, but is now um, an incredibly diverse unit, like all are across uh, the Canadian Reserves and the Army in general, well, Canadian Armed Forces in general. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I definitely uh, take pride in uh, my regiment and our regimental traditions. Still wearing, uh, as you can see, but your your listeners cannot the kilt and uh, the, oh, they're, the they're, Highland they're dress. They're picturing it in their yeah. mind's eye. I can tell. <laughs> the uh, with our with our uh, pipes and drums band, um, I I still find it stirring. And uh, you know um, the the regimental traditions um, are something to hang on to when you are uh, you know out in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talk to us. The, the pride with that regiment is just incredible, as we've come to know. And I think a lot of us, as you say, it's it's something that's going on out there. It's not a part of our everyday lives, not for a lot of us anyway. Uh, but the importance of it, and I think, and in, in the inherent danger of this, I think it was certainly brought home five years ago when one of your own was uh, Ottawa at the cenotaph there. Yes, uh, that was just an incredible experience. Uh, the way this community. Uh, was was touched, I think, by by Nathan's death. I think uh, all of Canada was honestly. Yeah. Bill, it was the outpouring was incredible, and it, as to my understanding, it was the largest uh, funeral of any sort Hamilton had ever seen, um, which was uh, remarkable. And uh, the community coming together to support the unit and uh, support the Strillo family, which deserves all the support they can get. Um, it was it was really touching in a time that was very difficult for a lot of us. And just incredible to see the way. I mean, we we knew that it was a process. We knew that there would be a procession. We knew the highway heroes, mm-hmm. uh, the transportation back to the to the city here. But to see the people line up on the streets on that Friday night, I, I mean, that wasn't like, hey, this is when it's going to happen. People just showed up because they wanted to be part of that, mm-hmm. uh, and lined the streets all the way to to the to the, the funeral home, of course, and then. Mm-hmm. The, the funeral itself, uh, just down the street here, of course, on James Street, was uh, was just one of the most breathtaking and one of the most emotional days I think this yeah. city's ever seen. Well, it was uh, it was a shocking crime yeah. what what happened to Nathan, um, and I think uh, any time a community faces trauma, um, there's an opportunity to grow stronger together, and I think uh, I think Hamilton did that on that day. Well, and again, the, the unity of, of the, uh, the unit itself, and I guess of the regiment, uh, when you look at it this way, I was talking to Honorary Colonel Glenn Gibson uh, just a couple of weeks ago at right. the Tiger Cat game, and uh, and you are still working with the Cirillo family. You're still supporting them. You're still in touch with them. Yes, sir. Um, so the Yarg Island Southern Highlanders and all units in the Canadian Forces, uh, they're a family. Uh, you have a regimental family. You keep track of your own, and um, in, in a in a world where um, connections matter, um, keeping in touch with that family and making sure that um, they feel supported, especially on days like today, um, it's important. And it's important they don't feel uh, cast aside or forgotten because they are not forgotten. 
never will be. I mean, we say lest we forget. We say we will not forget. Uh, but we get busy with our everyday lives, and when the tragedy like that occurs, I think the community just remembers, wait a second, there are people that, that have our backs right now, mm -hmm. and they're out there. And that's why we do this exactly, today. Exactly. And, uh, you know, even to see the, the, the people that showed up at the dog park, for the, the flag ceremony, of course, right. on, on Canada Day this past year was remarkable. I mean, that's our neighborhood, that's our neck mm -hmm. of the woods, and, of mm -hmm. course, we do... Uh, and I saw Nathan at the dog park, and then a lot of us would say, oh, I, I, know, I know that guy. Right. These members of the community, you guys are, are just, you know, you're doing something special for this country and for the city, and uh, we need to acknowledge that more than just one day of the year. And I think that's sadly the one of the things that we tend to forget sometimes. But uh, maybe we remind ourselves and we'll try to carry on that, that feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a, tr a great tradition, a great regiment with a great rich history. And uh, we're so glad that you could be part of the show today. Thank you, Bill. Great to see you here. Thanks so much for coming by. And uh, try to warm up a little bit before the ceremony starts. <laughs> I will do. Uh, anyway, thanks so much, Shane. Great to have you. Or Logan uh, McKnight, of course, Captain Logan McKnight from the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders. It's uh, getting a little chilly here, so I'll let you run over there before the actual ceremony starts. Glad you could be with us, though, as we continue our program here on 900 CHML. And uh, we are broadcasting live from Veterans Place in uh, downtown Hamilton, of course, as uh, the crowd is starting to gather here. Some of the other uh, ceremony VIPs are, are showing up here as well. And uh, we're going to get the uh, ceremony going, the actual ceremony, of course, at the Cenotaph, uh, which will be happening in about 25 minutes. And uh, we'll uh, simply uh, carry that with our microphones here at 900 CHML, as we have in past years. Uh, but you still have time to come down if you'd like to, though. We'd love to have more people down here. Uh, there's a pretty good crowd yesterday, of course, for the Sunday ceremony. Uh, and uh, we'll see just how many folks actually popped out of their offices and in other places of employment here in the downtown core as uh, we get set for the, uh, the ceremony itself coming up in just a little bit. Uh, as some of the dignitaries starting to show up here, we'd like to pop in and talk to some of them, including uh, Hamilton Chief of Police Eric Gert, who is now with us here. Welcome, Chief. Good to see you again. Morning, Bill. Good to be here. Uh, that's one of the benefits, I guess, of being a police officer. You get to wear a warm coat today, as opposed to the, the guys from the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders. Uh, great tradition, though, and great support of uh, Hamilton Police. And as I found out when I started doing this show so many years ago, uh, a great connection between the military and police. A number of yep. people that work on your uh, in your police services, of course, have served or continue to serve. Yep, definitely. Uh, I served with the Rileys back in the 70s, and I tell people that, and they're like, wow, way back then. Uh, <laughs> but it's good uh, training for, for discipline, teamwork, understanding, overcoming adversity. And, of course, their role is largely now peacekeeping. Not always, but largely and, of course, our role is peacekeeping here domestically. So we have a number of members who serve and are and have served abroad as well through the course of time, whether uh, in Bosnia, in Afghanistan, and a number of peacekeeping assignments. Well, I know that John Murphy, a good friend of mine, who yep. uh, who's actually he was with the Princess Patricia's. He wasn't with yes. the Rileys. Uh, but there seemed to be a natural transition when he finished it. He was in Bosnia, as he remember telling us. Uh, there's just a natural thing to say, well, I, I, could, I could do policing, because that's essentially what his job was over in Bosnia at that time. Although he was very much in harm's way, that was a very difficult assignment for the Canadian forces. But, but that's what you learn in the, in the military certainly transitions very well into police work, too. Yeah, definitely. And we are paramilitary. We're not quite military. We're not quite a structure in terms of the uh, orders and chain of command. We have that as well. But, of course, our members have to think autonomously 
as police officers make all those decisions. And of course, in the military, you better follow the orders or there's going to be trouble. So we have general orders and our policies, but the day-to-day transactions are held uh, are done by our members in the front line. But to your point, it's about discipline, self-control, keeping fit, all those aspects that are important when you go out in the street. And of course, we're armed like the military is, and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And, and I know that during the Afghanistan mission, uh, you actually had a number of officers that you had to actually give time off to so they could travel yep. over there and, and, and serve over there in, in a police-keeping role, but obviously uh, a much different environment that they were experiencing downtown Hamilton. Uh, definitely. And uh, uh, we've supported that through the years and uh, more formalized. We supported giving time off and then, of course, it's paid time so members can go and serve and do that greater peacekeeping mission abroad. Uh, so, yeah, we have a, a tradition of that, both uh, whether members serve before they got on the police service or whether they're in the reserves, and then we give them time to go and do that work. And, and the, the work that they do and, and the, the reservist work, and maybe you could relate your experience back in the, when you were with the Rileys, uh, how how you integrate that into your into your work into your every day as as a reservist uh, to find the time to be able to do that because that there's a, there's a obviously a commitment that has to be involved with that. Yeah, it's a huge commitment, and they train uh, on a you know weekly basis. But of course, they have uh, many times where they're either in Borden or Petawawa, most locally here. But they also do some Arctic missions occasionally. And of course, it's not just uh, the military being the infantry. It's also uh, Air Force and um, Navy as well. And, of course, we have HMCS Star here yeah. uh, with Lieutenant Colonel Cherm. So there's lots of opportunities to do that service abroad. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a learning environment, definitely a team environment. And you really do have to rely on all those other aspects, whether it's support, whether it's, of course, they say an army travels on its belly, which is you've got, you've got to be fed and kept warm as much as you can. So there's so many aspects to it to make it all work together. And, of course, you're under emergency situations quite often. But, of course, the other uh, phrase in the military is hurry up and wait. Uh, so there's a lot of that that goes on. But then when the you know the bell rings, and you've got to be ready to go. But you're everywhere in situations like that. I mean, you know, you talk about the Arctic missions and, and uh, people that work up there. I mean, the flooding situations and Red R- the Red River floods in Manitoba and there's the army i mean in crisis situations uh in in catastrophic situations like that uh like when there's too much snow on the streets of toronto Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 the army that gets called well and it's a real change in philosophies i understand it from uh, having heard from a number of generals through the course of time and that role for domestic uh help has really raised the profile of the military and then people can see what they actually do and of course it's in the worst of circumstances that they're working and when you're thinking well i just want to stay inside and hope the water doesn't come in or the snow or the hydro comes back on and there they are our, our men and women serving out there in very difficult circumstances of course they're trained for that because they they're trained to work in any environment but as a reservist uh you don't know what could happen. I mean, you, you could find yourself in a very precarious situation depending on, on, on circumstances. Sure. And whether it's uh, serving domestically and all the dangers there, certainly internationally, and we've seen that in terms of the effects of Afghanistan. And then, you know, at the end of the conflict, biggest, uh, and we're seeing it, uh, the Army pulls out and hopefully, or whoever, um, and then things get back to normal with uh, civilian control of that area until such time as we're called upon again. But... Often uh, the military is invoked so there are not further um, harms to civilians, uh, atrocities, all those other reasons why peacekeeping goes on. 
And, and we've seen this. I mean, we've talked in the past about Canada's reputation as, as a peacekeeper uh, in situations like this uh, with the United Nations and with other entities as well. Uh, but you, <laughs> to use the old cliche, you certainly see the world, don't you? I mean, you could go anywhere. You could be posted anywhere, depending on what, what's going on in that particular country. Yeah, and I think you really found that in Afghanistan with just how hot the climate was, how important water is. As I understand it, sand goes everywhere, and I mean everywhere. And then you have to adapt to that and uh, get on with life and uh, be aware of your environment as well. And then, of course, you've got the threat of uh, military action as well that you've got to keep your head up and you're, what's that, about you. That's one of the common things I heard from, I actually, in past broadcasts from here over the years with some of your officers uh, that served over in Afghanistan. I said, what, what's your lasting impression? The heat. <laughs> unbearable. I mean, we, we, it gets up around 30, 31 degrees here, and we think, oh, my God, how do people stand that? That's a, that's a cool day over there. Yeah, sometimes they're 40, 45 in some cases, and as high as 50, I've heard. And, yeah, I mean, it really becomes survival to make sure you're hydrated and stay out of the heat as much as you can and find a cool spot when you can, but and you're on an open desert plain. There's not a lot of that going on. We're carrying how much of it equipment, too. Exactly. It's a, it's an incredible commitment that, that, that these soldiers make on a daily basis. Uh, and, and so many of them, of course, that work for Hamilton Police Services that do double duty, essentially. Definitely. And just speaking of commitment, just for your listeners, uh, Bill's got about an inch of snow that's accumulated on his hat <laughs> and his, uh, <laughs> his table here. So just so you know what Bill goes through to uh, make these things happen. I, I just mentioned a while ago, I said this is the first time in all the years I've done this show that I have had to brush snow off of my papers here. Uh, about every 30 seconds, it's yeah. snowing that heavily here. Yeah. Uh, Chief, thanks so much for popping by, and thanks again for the commitment that you and, and everybody in Hamilton Police services make and uh, and the great partnership between uh, the, the regiments here and of course and police services thanks very much Will. and i just want to shout out to all our military uh, veterans and current serving uh, thank you for your service as well it doesn't go unrecognized and uh, we do appreciate it i do hamilton chief of police eric gert uh, we'll see you friday night very good the retirement dinner That's for right. the, uh, the hamilton police services So glad that you're with us today, and so glad that we are down here at Veterans Place at uh, Gore Park. Uh, this magnificent uh, statue, this magnificent uh, setting here, of course, uh, it's been a long time coming uh, with uh, some of the renovations and, and the work that's gone on here at Veterans Place. Uh, and, of course, we'll be getting underway with the official part of the ceremony uh, in the next little while. Uh, we invite you to come down, as thousands do uh, on an annual basis, of course, uh, to show our respect for those who serve this country so very well. And if you can't make it, well, then uh, stay with us right here on the radio. This has become a 900 CHML tradition as we broadcast live from Veterans Place in Gore Park on 900 CHML. <laughs>